Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, God is Our Strength, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on October 7th, 2018. Well, good morning to everyone. How are we doing this morning? Doing well, doing well, yay. Well, I want to ask us something, and I want you guys to, to be completely honest with yourselves this morning. Um, and I think it's important that uh, we're, we're honest with ourselves. Would you agree with that? And, and, I, and I say that because sometimes um, we can convince ourselves of some things that, that really aren't uh, reflective of the truth of God's word. Uh, we can convince ourselves that, that we aren't who God says we are. And so this morning, I just kind of want to ask you to ask yourself this question. You know, did, did, when you walked in here this morning, did you feel strong? Did you feel strong? You don't have to answer out loud, please. Just to yourself. Or did, when you walked in here this morning, did, did you f- feel weak? Is there there's something in your life this morning that, that is creating this, this strength that, that maybe you don't understand right now or maybe you, you realize the source of it? Is, it? is there something in your life right now that maybe is creating the, this, this feeling of, of weakness? This moment of insufficiency or insecurity or an emotion that causes you to feel, feel maybe weak. Now, I think if we're, we're truly honest with ourselves, from one day to the next, there are different emotions in reflection to how strong we feel and how weak at times we feel in our lives. And a lot of times it has to do with our circumstances. A lot of times it has to do with what's going on around us in the world. What is going on between um, our homes and our workplaces and our family lives and our relationships and all those other things that we, we kind of go through and deal with uh, throughout the day on a daily basis. You know, I remember when I was a kid, uh, uh, my wrestling coach, uh, I honestly didn't like him very much, to be accord with you. He was tough on us, and I realize now it was for good reasons. But one of the things that he used to say to us all the time, he would say, the way you practice is the way you will wrestle in a match. He'd say, if you work to be strong, you will be strong when match time comes. And he believed that with all of his heart. He believed that with, with everything in him because even in those moments when we weren't practicing hard, you know what he did? He started practice all over again. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I didn't like him. <laughs> you know, as a kid, you really don't listen to that kind of advice, do you? You kind of take stuff like that and you think, well, you know, he's an adult. He doesn't really know. But the reality is this gentleman that was my coach was a collegiate wrestler he was pretty phenomenal in his day, and he really did know what he was talking about. See, now that I'm older, I, I realize that he was absolutely right. The way I practiced was the way I wrestled in a match. If I, if I worked hard in practice, I would fight hard in a match. But if I decided to kind of slack off and, and do whatever I wanted to do in practice, it was really reflective because by the end of the third period in a wrestling match, I was pretty gassed. <laughs> because I hadn't worked hard through the week. And I usually gave up towards the end there, or stalled in wrestling. That's a wrestling term. We kind of just sit tight and we stall out the last few minutes. But the sad thing is, I think sometimes in life we do that same thing. 
We, we don't practice our faith in a way that prepares us for those moments in life when we come to those hard places or those moments of, of weak, weakness. And instead of being prepared for those moments, we kind of do some of the similar things. We kind of stall out. We, we kind of just buy our time or, or hope that this goes away in a way. Or, or, or we retreat and we disconnect and we walk away from, from those around us that would encourage us in our faith and help us to stay strong. You see, last week we talked about how um, God changes us. We looked at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and we saw that God is constantly transforming us into the image of our Savior. You know, he says, from, from one degree of glory to another. And this is being accomplished through the power of God's Spirit, through God's strength, Right? I mean, that's who we lean on, who we look to for, for our strength from day to day. We draw closer and nearer. We become that image of Jesus Christ because we see the strength of Jesus. He, he lived it. He showed us. And it's evident in Scripture, in the Gospels, we see the power of Jesus and the things that he did. And his strength was completely different than what we think the world or what we see in the world today is what they describe or define as strength. See, Jesus' strength came through, through humility through, through sacrifice, through a desire to, to please God and do the will of God. And Jesus himself drew strength from God. We see in the Gospels that Jesus would retreat often to be alone with God, to draw his strength from God. We see that when, when Jesus was tempted by the devil, that he drew his strength from the word of God. I want you to hear what it says in First Timothy, because I think this is a very important passage for us this morning before we look at our main one in Second Corinthians chapter 4. In First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, Paul says, Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for what? For the eternal life, or for the present life, excuse me, and also for the life to come. See, training for godliness helps to build our strength. But sadly, for, for most Christians in our, in our time today, and, and I take this from some different studies and research that I've seen that, that different people have questioned and challenged, that, that most people won't seek God on a daily basis to draw their strength. And I say that because that comes in the form of, of moments of intimacy, drawing away and spending time in the presence of God. And we, we allow our circumstances or our relationships or whatever you can kind of fill in the blank for yourself and we let it distract us and move us away and it causes us to disconnect. You know, when we're feeling sad or, or when we're feeling an emotion, an insecurity or whatever it is, instead of coming and gathering together as the body of Christ, coming into the presence of God together, we kind of withdraw and we disconnect. See, in our passages today, I think Paul is giving us a charge. He's, he's saying, therefore. He says, because of what God is doing in you and through you, how he is changing you from one glory to another, how you are becoming the image of Jesus Christ, because of that, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you would turn with me, I want you to see what he says here. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in the opening verses of our passage, verses 1 and 2, Paul says this. He says, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful and underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. This morning, I want to offer us some ways that, that we can train for godliness, that we can practice and be prepared for those moments when, when we feel weak, for those moments when we feel strong and, and draw our strength from God. See, the reality is that, that you and I, we, we need a spiritual coach. And that spiritual coach is God. <laughs> because everything in God's word points us to his strength, points us to his love and his grace and his mercy. Everything in his word points us to this ability to be able to do this life and live this life in a way that not only changes us, but prepares us for those moments when we'll have affliction or struggle or trial. Or maybe we'll just convince ourselves that we're not strong enough or we're not worthy enough. We're not big enough. You know, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is Jeremiah. And if you look at the life of Jeremiah the prophet, um, he did some amazing things. But at the very beginning of Jeremiah, you can look at this later if you want. Chapter 1, Jeremiah 1. God calls Jeremiah. And I'm paraphrasing this, but basically what Jeremiah tells him is, God, I cannot do this because I'm not strong enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not big enough. I just cannot do what you're asking me to do. And then God in his loving and graceful way says, no, no, no. He says, don't worry. He says, because I'm going to go out before you and I'm going to prepare the way for you. And what he says to Jeremiah is is just mind-blowing. He says, I'm going to raise up nations And then listen to this. He says, I will also tear down nations. I will use you in a way. But now, right now in this moment, I need you to get ready for that. I want to prepare you for that. And I think this is what Paul is charging us to do in this chapter. But before we read it, let's pray and let's ask God to give us his strength this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. Father, I don't know the hearts that are here. I don't understand all that is going on, Father. But I do sense, Father, I do sense that that right now we're in a a season of affliction. And I know the the affliction that we experience today isn't the same affliction that the, the prophet of old and the prophets of old experienced. Father, because we're, we're not beaten with whips and we, we don't have to suffer jail time or punishment for the proclamation of the gospel of our faith, Father. But we do know we have an adversary. And what the devil does today is he, he tries to come and work and wiggle his way into our families, into our relationships, into our minds, and tell us that we are not worthy, we are not good enough, we are not strong enough, we are not old enough, we are not whatever. But the truth of the matter is, Father, with your strength, with your guidance, with your counsel, Father, we are everything that we need to be. Father, this morning, for those that are are suffering or going through something or just walked in here, just not feeling strong enough, 
just not understanding why, why they're in these moments. I pray that as we open up your word, Father, that you would remind us, remind us of all that you have for us, all that you want to do in us and through us, Father. Father, I ask that you would speak to us this morning, that you'd fill us with your spirit and we would draw our strength by being in the presence of your holiness, of your righteousness. Father, that your glory would change us. Lord, we bow before you right now and we ask that you would guide us and show us the things that you have for us. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. What I'd like to do this morning, if you would, is just focus in on on verses 7 through 15 of our chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and let's read that together. He says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to the death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that at grace, so that so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. I want to ask you this morning, are you ready to learn how to practice in a way that will strengthen us as Christians, as believers? Well, if you are, the first thing that we need to do is we need to practice trusting God. I know that kind of sounds simple, but the aspect of trusting God in every aspect of our life is very critical. I want you to listen to what he says here in verse 7 through 10. He says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. I want to stop and pause right there because you are a jar of clay. And if any of you ever worked with clay, you'll know how fragile it is. So you and I are very fragile in our creation But God has placed this treasure in us. And he did it for the following, to show that the surpassing power belongs to who? Let me hear you. God. See, the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. And yet we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. See, there will come a day, if it's not today, that you will be tested in the area of trusting God. It may be the toughest match that you face in your lifetime and your opponent may seek to, to crush you to break you, to, to, to tear down your spirit, to drive you to despair, to knock you down, and to bring you to the brink of destruction. But I want you to remember this. You 
me? We, we've been given God's strength. See, this treasure of great promises that moves us to trust God, it comes out of what we see and we hear and we read through God's word. I, I want to ask you this morning, how, how many of you, and you don't have to share, maybe even write it in your notes as a reminder, how many of you have a, a passage right now that, that it's a promise from God that, that you stand on? I, I'd encourage you, if you don't, I would encourage you and challenge you to find that passage. You know, mine right now, and I know I say this too much, so bear with me as I do, but Psalm 1611, Romans 828. You know, those are passages that, that not only does God remind me of and show me and share with me often, but those are passages in the moments of weakness where I need strength. Those are passages that I, I revert to often. And I'll tell you, when I say often, I, I'll be honest with you, probably on a weekly basis. See, we have to remember that God has put this treasure in us. Even though we're jars of clay, even though we're fragile, God has given us everything we need to overcome, everything we need to have strength in this lifetime. I want to give us a few areas or ways that we can train ourselves to be strengthened in Christ through through trusting him more. And I think the first thing is so important is that, that we should trust in who God is. Psalm 16.5 says this, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The moment you feel weak, say that verse. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. Can we say that together this morning? Read it. It's on your paper there. Gracious is the Lord and and righteous, our God is merciful. Isn't that the gospel right there? Isn't that who God says he is? God so loved the world that he gave. I, I see grace in that. I see righteousness in that. And I see mercy in that. See, we have to trust in who God is. And then we have to trust in what God is doing. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a what? A future and a hope. What is that future? Where does our future rest in? Where does our hope rest in? Well, I'll tell you, it should never rest in the things of this world. It should never rest in the temporal things that, that we've been given. Our future rests in the eternity that we get to spend with Jesus in his presence. Trust in what God is doing. He's got a plan and he's going to see it through from day one to day 2072. You know, we heard a message this last week and I liked how the, the guy said this and I'm going to paraphrase it, but he simply said this. He says, you know, uh, from generation to generation, the, the coming of Jesus has always been at the forefront of the Christian mindset, right? You look in the Gospels and Paul talks about the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, and the day, the day, the day, the day. And even today we talk about the day, right? But we don't know the day nor the hour. I mean, Jesus could return at this very moment. Jesus can return 100 years from now. Jesus can return in 4,072. <laughs> we don't know. But our hope rests in our eternity. And we have to trust in the fact in what God is doing because he has plans for each and every one of us. And that's what we need to do daily is practice trusting in God. 
The other thing that we can do to practice is trust in how God will use you. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I love that passage because not only does it give us this picture of, of that we are God's handiwork, that daily he is shaping us, he's molding us, he's changing us daily from glory to glory, right? Into the image of his son. But it also reminds us of this great thing that I see in chapter one of Ephesians where God says simply this. He says, I knew you before I created the heavens and the earth. I don't know if that doesn't blow your mind. I don't know what will. I mean, put your name in the blank. God knew Floyd and then he thought about creating the heavens and the earth. That, that should rock your world. That, that should move you to trust God in a way that, that maybe you've never trusted him before. That should move you to a place of confidence, knowing that God is our strength, that he has a plan for us, and that God is who he says he is, and he is doing what he is doing, and he has a plan, and that he will use you in the midst of that plan. What a beautiful thing to think about that we get to be a part of what God is doing. And that in itself should make us feel strong today. That should renew our minds and strengthen our hearts knowing that God has a plan for me. See, because the reality is God is our strength and he will always be with us in every way. See, when Paul says in verse 10, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. He is reminding us that we practice trusting God. We carry continually the death of Jesus. Today, we will celebrate that death in communion. Today, as a family, we will be reminded of that death so that the life of Jesus may be also manifested in us and through us. See, we train for this life and we tra train for life in eternity. And this is why we should also do what he says in verses 11 and 12, that we should practice sacrifice. You know, that word sacrifice is kind of a tough word and a scary word. A lot of people don't like that word. Um, I share often or not when I meet with people that, that no matter what you do in life, you will sacrifice something. Whether you decide to go to college or you don't go to college, you will sacrifice something. Whether you decide to get up in the morning and live your life, you will sacrifice something. And the reason why I say that, and I believe it with all my heart, is because there is only so many hours in a day. And as much as I'd love to get to everything, I will never get to everything. As much as I'd love to touch every life, I will never touch every life. So when I wake up in the morning, I have to make a decision. Whom, whom will I please? And when I make that decision, I decide that I want to follow God. I'm going to trust in God today. And I'm going to do the things that he's allowed me to do and asked me to do, knowing that at the end of the day, I may not get to everything or everyone, but I will get to the things that God has asked me to get to that day. See, we have to trust God. We have to practice sacrifice. Listen to what he says in verse 11 and 12. He says, For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus. Right? We give our lives for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. 
So death is at work in us, but life in you. See, this should provoke us to think about what we talked about last week in Romans chapter 12, that we are living sacrifices. We give ourselves wholly and fully as living sacrifices, fully surrendered. See, we give ourselves in every way so that God can use us to be a light in this world. See, we give of the things that God has given us so that others might have. You know, we, we uh, as a church, strive to be sacrificial in our giving. We seek to, to give God not only of our time, but our love, of our resources, everything that we have, all of ourselves. And, and we're a work in progress in that sense where, where God is kind of continually working on us. And we've seen over the last several years how God has orchestrated moments to where we can be who he wants us to be. And I think every one of us in this room has made sacrifices to do that. But I don't think that's enough. See, I think God wants to continually shape us. Remember, from glory to glory. And he wants us to be dependent on his strength. He wants us to help more missionaries, people that are out there working. He wants us to help plant more churches. He wants us to, to do things with him in partnership that will be for the eternal glory of him that will change lives and impact our community here in little old Rio Rancho. You know, Jason shared something very important in our announcements. I hope you heard him. Sometimes little Rio Rancho gets forgotten. But you know who hasn't forgotten Rio Rancho? God. And you know why he hasn't? Because he's, he's given us a church called Soul Rio. <laughs> and I know your hearts are for this city. And I know that you're willing to sacrifice so that others might have We've got to continue doing the things that God has asked to do, us to do. You know, it's interesting because pastors will say this a lot, and I think I might have even said this in the past because I had it in my mind. But um, see, we, we don't give an equal gift. It's an equal sacrifice, right? See, because some, for, for some of us, we have a lot of time. You know, some of us can give more time than others, and it's easy because we have it. For some of us, um, we have a lot of money. And it's, it's easy to give because we have it. And for some of us, we, we don't have a lot of time. Life is busy. We've got family, kids, grandkids, sports, TV, movies, you know, you name it. We're busy. We've got a lot going on. And I don't have so much time. See, that's when the sacrifice comes in. Those moments when you're saying, I'm, I'm willing to, to sacrifice something so that others might have. Because whether you say it, or whether you think it, you are sacrificing something. Every single day, it's what you choose to sacrifice is the key. It's what you choose to make time to give to is the key. And I'll tell you right now, as a church, we are gonna give to our city. We're gonna share the gospel of Jesus Christ at every moment that we can. We're going to love this city of Rio Rancho because I believe that God has placed us right here in the heart. If you think about the, the city around us and what we've got going on in the city and where we're placed and positioned, we're really at the heart of the city, right at the center. And you and I have an opportunity to sacrificially give in ways that will point other people to Jesus Christ. And that comes through our time, that comes through our resources. And more importantly, that comes through the love that we have to offer. Because what does 1 Corinthians tell us? And we can do a whole lot, 
But if we don't do it with love, we're just noisemakers. And I tell you what, I don't want to be a noisemaker. I'm kind of a quiet, shy guy, so I don't want to be the center of attention. But I tell you what, God does. God wants to be the center of attention, and it's up to us. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16. I love this verse. He says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices, listen to this part, are pleasing to God. By sharing what you have and by doing what is good and what is righteous are pleasing to God. I'd encourage you this week to read that whole chapter because it's all about sacrifices and pleasing God with the things that we have and the things that we've been given. Well, the last thing I want to share with us this morning, the last thing that we can practice is simply our faith. And faith is a tough thing. We put our faith in a lot of things, but I want to challenge us this morning that we practice putting our faith in God. Verses 13 and 14 says, Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. I, I love that passage. I, I, I love that passage. There's so much in that, those couple of verses there, so much in there. With one spirit of faith, together as the body, we practice our faith. We gather together. As one believes, one speaks. As, as we all believe, we all speak. Knowing that he who raised our Lord Jesus Christ will also raise us. We practice our faith. We trust in the fact of what God is doing. We practice sacrifice. And I believe if we do that one, it'll lead us to just naturally do the first two things. See, this picture here that Paul is drawing for us is a picture of faith. And in godliness, we find strength. As we train for godliness, we'll find our strength. And every morning we may wake up and we might feel weak. Every morning we might wake up and we might not feel strong enough. We might feel insufficient. But I tell you, I, I, I can promise you, not because of I'm Floyd and I, I'm this guy that can promise things or make things happen, but, but I promise you, because of what I read in God's word, what I see God doing, not only in my life, but in the lives of those that sit in our chairs, that in those moments when you wake up weak and you feel insufficient, if you would just get into the presence of God and seek to draw your strength from Him, I'll promise you, not only will He change you, but He'll give you strength for the day. I promise you that, that He'll walk with you, He'll talk with you, and he'll show you all that he has for you. And I promise you that if you're willing to sacrifice, if you're willing to trust, if you're willing to walk by faith, not only will you, but every one of us in this room, every one of us will see and experience this glory of God. And we'll get to be a part of all that God is doing. We'll get to see others come to faith.
Watch and see. Trust and learn. And know that God is faithful in all things. In just a few moments, we're, we're going to celebrate communion. And so I want to just kind of share with you a few mo- things before we do that together. Because I truly believe that, that what we celebrate this morning is, is pretty amazing. Alan, would you mind um, going and grabbing the, the kids from the back? Um, they were supposed to come in, but they probably lost track of time. This morning, we're going to celebrate communion together as a family. Because truly, that's what we are. We've been adopted into the family of God. You and I are God's beloved. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, that is something so significant, so great, so amazing. We get to be a part of his family. And this morning, we're together, we're going to celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we've asked our kids to come in with us because the Bible teaches us that we are to make disciples. And where do we start with our disciples? We start in our homes, right? See, our greatest ministry is within our home. And we want our kids to be a part of and see what it means to walk in faith. You know, as a parent, you can, you can have a good conversation with your kids and help them to understand why we take this cup, why we eat of this bread, and what we do in remembrance of the sacrifice that was given for not only them, but for every person that walks this earth. I think it's important that we model this for our children. You know, Deuteronomy 6 tells us very specifically how to live our lives so that our children might come to faith. It's another promise as a parent you can stand on in regards to your faith and your trust in God. Well, this morning, I'm going to ask a couple of our leaders, Zach and Arena, they lead one of our small groups. If you guys could come forward. And then, um, who else did I ask? Uh, Cody and Haley. Hey, there they are. They reminded me. Cody and Haley help with a lot of our ministries here at the church. They lead us in worship and, and work behind the scenes to do that. And they're going to serve the elements for us this morning. But before we do that, before we come forward, um, I want to pray with us. I want to pray together. And then once we get the elements, um, then we're going we're gonna to pray again. But I'm going to ask you to, to pray kind of quietly uh, where you're at as a reflection, as a moment, um, as we draw into the presence of God, knowing that God is faithful, that, that we're going to trust him more. We're going to practice that trust. We're going to practice that sacrifice and that we're going to uh, practice our faith this morning in Jesus Christ. And isn't it a beautiful thing to have kids? You know, I want to hear something exciting and we can give God a hand for this. There's something in the water, but we got, we got three new babies coming this year. Isn't that exciting? Three new babies coming into our family before the end of the year. So keep the moms in your prayers and the dads, more so the moms, because dads, we get off easy, don't we? We get off easy. But yeah, sometimes, there you go. Yeah, until we have to change the diaper, right? All right, well, let's pray together and then we're going to have communion together. Father, we thank you so much for this love and this grace that you've given us. The message of the gospel. It's the hope, it's our future, and it's everything that we stand for, everything that we live for, and everything that moves us to the place where you want us to be. Father, we come into your presence with hearts of gratitude. We remember the sacrifice that was given, the love that was shown on the cross on that day. Lord, the, the willingness that your son had to pay a price that we could never pay for ourselves. Father, remind us today 
of the love that you have for us. Remind us of what was done, what was accomplished, not only the day of Jesus' death, but on the day that he rose again. Because, Father, that is our hope, the resurrected life, a life eternal spent in your presence. It's what gives us our strength. It's what gives us our hope. And so this morning, Father, as we take this cup, as we break this bread, let it be a reminder of what you've done for us. Let it be a reminder of the love and the grace and the hope. Father, you are the one true God. You have given us your son. You have given us your spirit. And in that, we find our strength. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I ask you to come forward down the middle aisle if you would and then you can kind of make your way back around this way and our leaders will serve you the elements and then go back to your chairs and then we'll pray together one more time and then we'll just take the cup and the bread together. this morning as we we think about the things that Jesus did for us as we, we look upon these elements we, we see that there was a body that was broken a life that was given so that we could have life and life eternal as we drink of the cup we remember who Jesus is and, and who Jesus is today because he's the same today tomorrow and forever 
Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for what you've done for us, what you're doing in us, what you're doing through us, Father. Father, as we drink of this cup and as we take of this bread, Father, we do it in remembrance of the love and the grace that you've shown us. Father, this family that you call Sol Rio Church is a family that's united in faith, a family that's come together to worship you and to give you glory and to give you honor. Father, we want your will to be done in our lives so that your will will be done in this world. Father, we pray that you would guide our every step, that you would remind us often to remember the good news of the gospel, the good news of the grace that you've given us, so much so that we would share it with the world around us, that we would invite others to come and to be a part of and to share in the cup, in the blood, and the body that was broken that your life not only would live in us, but it would live through us. So as we take this cup, we do it in remembrance of the gift that you've given us, and we thank you for it, and we do it with a heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving, and a heart of joy, knowing this love that you've offered us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.